0: All right, here we go. Thursday afternoon on Sports Talk. Along with Adrian brought I'm Steve Kaplow. It's two hours with you today. Two hours with you tomorrow. That's it. Just two. And then Tim Haggerty is back from Sugarland, Texas. Not Candyland, Sugarland. Could be the same thing. I mean, hey, sugar is candy. So I used to love Candyland when I was a kid. Played a lot of Candyland. Thought it was great. I gotta ask Cags, and he joins us in about hour and forty five minutes if he ever thinks about Candyland when he's traveling to Sugarland? What do you think? Maybe he's now thinking about like Sugarland
1: out in space because it's the That's Space right. Cowboys. It's like they've got everything themed Space Cowboys out there. And Steve, uh, Tim Haggerty, he delivers on Twitter uh, a lot. Sometimes it's it's very information packed, but sometimes it's like the the perfect tweet. Like he just always he sends off the the perfect tweet, and uh, I I got to commend Tim Haggerty with with what he sent off today.
0: Oh. Dear. What did he do?
1: He he sent off this picture, and it was just ah. it was golden with with all these different things from the space cowboys that he ended up seeing. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to hype this up too much, but uh, I really like this one from Tim Haggerty.
0: You're you're hyping it though. If you say you don't want to hype it, but you but you're hyping it. That's so. right.
1: And maybe it's well deserved.
0: Hang on, let me see what he did today. Let me see this tweet. Ah, look at that. Oh, it's it's growing on him, is what he said. Um, so the galactic grill is okay, but I do like galaxy gifts. You know, he's going to have to bring something back for his kid. You know, that. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Gr- Carson's no, getting some kind of goodie from, uh, from, from Sugarland. I got to ask Tim what it's going to be.
1: No, the, the end of this tweet was the best part. The fact that the Sugarland space Cowboys is growing on Tim now that he sees it out in the wild.
0: Oh, there you go. You think that means something in terms of? I, I listen. I like what they've done. They've got a cool looking baseball mascot, like an old school animal mascot, kind of the, uh, the the space this you know the, the alien style, but a like a a lovable looking alien. That's the best way to put it. And uh, they have themed out the whole ballpark. Let's be honest, Skeeters sucked as a name. I mean, it just did. Who wants to be known as a Skeeter? Nobody. So I think that that is a good idea in terms of changing that name, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen some really good new names changed uh, in the past couple of years. I feel like we always do, like, the best minor league baseball team names, and Space Cowboys goes right up to the top after they change from the Skeeters. What was the Skeeter?
0: I'm uh- trying to decide. Was it the Mosquito? Was it an Ice Boat? Or was it a Skeet Shooter?
1: I, I think I'm I'm going with a mosquito. I I don't remember that.
0: Who wants to be known as a as a bug that just bothers you? That you don't want to be known as a pest.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't like that for a team name. Like, I'm looking at some of the other ones. I love Montgomery Biscuits. Like, I'd rather a cool, weird. You want to be something you eat? Yeah, I want to be like something weird, like something memorable. Biscuit? Yeah, something that people will remember. Like, hey, did you know that team name is the Biscuits? Look at at their team store over there. They just have a bunch of jerseys with biscuits on them.
0: Remember when the Chihuahuas first came out? What that was like?
1: Yeah, everybody hated it. They I, I did. think um, I think even I I didn't really like it when I was you know younger at the time. And I first saw that team name, I was like, wow, oh, the Chihuahuas. They should have gone Desert Gators or something like that. And then now this whole city loves the Chihuahuas. They love the name.
0: When they first came up with that name, I thought they were going to kill Brad Taylor. It was not good. How was, was the
1: show was de- during? Oh, that day. It, was bru- it was
0: brutal. It was brutal. People hated the name. Hated the name. They called us up. They weren't going to buy season tickets. They want nothing to do with the team. What an embarrassment. You, you, uh, you got rid of City Hall for this. I, I mean, just you wouldn't believe what it was like.
1: Wow, and people just were totally out on this. They
0: wanted a, the guy that named the team. They were like death threats to the guy. No, oh yeah, bad. that it was
1: bad. it was terrible. Those same fans who said they wouldn't even buy season tickets for that season back in twenty fourteen are probably uh, excited to go for their ninth straight season to
0: Southwest University Park. I felt bad for the guy. I mean, the guy that won was. I mean, you know, he he was in the beginning kind of trying to be uh, anonymous he was like afraid to go out and tell everybody this was my uh, this was my submission he didn't want to do it
1: Man, with that kind of backlash, I wouldn't want to put my name behind that just because just knowing the immediate backlash, and I don't think it it was justified one bit, but uh, I I think people just get so reactionary when it comes to team names. I mean, when the Guardians came out, when the Commanders came out with their name, it it was just everybody had to have an opinion about it, and then by the next week, by the season start, everybody kind of forgets about it. I feel like the the Locomotive FC, that was one that everybody was on board right away. They, They really liked that one.
0: You think we're ever going to get Shamar Gavance's post that he's now a minor?
1: I don't know, man. We got to hit up the marketing department over there. I don't know what's what's the holdup because uh, now it's you know it's known that Shamar Givens is going to be a, a minor, and that's great for the minors. The fact that they're getting a five foot ten scoring point guard from Evansville, the transfer uh, who who is going to come to uh, El Paso and the minors and provide immediate help. I, I think this is huge news. I'm just surprised that he hasn't released it on his own social media account yet.
0: Is it done?
1: Yeah, there you go. That's a good question. I like that.
0: I, I thought it was done, but I mean, uh, and then you've got, it's just so weird. You got, you know, media releasing it yesterday when they heard about it, and the kid still hasn't done anything. I don't know what's going on there.
1: Yeah, just checked the gram, nothing on the gram yet. Um, he, I don't even see a post from when he came to El Paso. So, uh, Shamar Givance, uh I know that a lot of people are, are rarely really excited about him being in El Paso. He just hasn't made it official yet on his social accounts.
0: All right, maybe that's the answer. I, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping you're right. Pinky tweeted to show the Skeeters at Kaufman Stadium, home of the Houston Colt 45s, were unbearable after it would get dark. One main reason for the Astrodome uh, being built uh, is the home of the Astros, just because the Skeeters were so terrible. That makes sense. I wouldn't want to go watch a, uh outdoor baseball game in Houston. No. no
1: thanks. No way. I mean, those mosquitoes will be swarming all over you. You'd be uh, dried up by the end because they'd be sucking on all your blood.
0: There you go. That's a very nice, um, pleasant thought as we get going here on the show today. Uh, Nine past the hour. Uh, If you want to get into the show, 505-6009. That is 505-6009 as uh, we get going on Sports Talk. A lot of interesting stories today, uh, whether it is learning that Phil Mickelson gambled more money and lost more money than most of us could ever dream of making in a lifetime. It, it'd, be nice, it'd be nice to just know you've, you know, you've made a couple million and uh, you're able to retire and never have to worry about any kind of financial issues. Imagine if you lost $40 million in gambling over the course of like a four or five year period yeah
1: that's uh you you gotta call up your bookie you gotta um tell him to cut you off at that point after uh after you've spent maybe a million but the fact that he's gambled more than 40 million from that period and it's not like this was yesterday like I would I would understand if he was like on his smartphone he didn't know how to actually like gamble he's using like a FanDuel or DraftKings app and he has no clue what to do so he's he's blames technology but the fact that this was like pre uh smartphone gambling era that I I, this is inexcusable for uh, for
0: Phil Mickelson. Come on, man! A lot of money. Phil's not exactly the most liked person in golf right now.
1: I know it's like uh, between this one, the fact that he's flirting with the the uh, Middle Eastern, uh, you know, uh, uh, golf tournament or whatever the golf league that's out there, and how he could go transfer over there, and everything else around him. How he skipped out on the Masters. Yeah, just not a likable guy among golf yeah, circles.
0: Yeah, Phil's definitely having some uh, having some issues. Uh, that's for sure. So, um, by the way, some other stories that I do want to get to uh, on the program. Um, I-, I love the fact, by the way, if you've been watching playoff sports, uh, you know, hockey, basketball, doesn't matter what, uh, there are some great storylines around. Great storylines. Last night, no different, especially with what we had a chance to watch, which was, uh, uh, let's just put it this way. Uh, they had the, uh, the heat uh, take that 2 lead against the Sixers. Uh, Philly's got issues right now. They've got serious problems. Miami's rolling. And then Suns doing the same thing to the Mavs, uh, beating them by 20 despite Lucas 35 they need a lot more than Luca to try to get into this series.
1: Yeah, that's the big problem. Is it's Luca and the and the Funky Bunch. It's no one else around him uh, with the uh, Dallas Mavericks, and it's it's kind of like you know the the Mavs are they have this window right now with Luka Dantich, and they've got to uh, take advantage of this because it just takes one season for Luca to be upset, disgruntled, and uh, you know think that things are not going well in Dallas for him to start to get upset with the front office and start uh, being yeah. the next. Superstar who wants to be traded and go to another team, so they have to do whatever it takes to try to cater to the you know, you know Luca's uh, skills and advantages by surrounding him with some talent, man. And I just don't feel like he has talent around him aside from uh, Jalen Brunson. On the other side with the Suns, I love DeAndre Ayton. I love how uh, Mikel Bridges has been playing lately. And yesterday was the Devin Booker show along with Chris Paul and what he did in the fourth quarter. Yeah, th- those guys, uh, the Phoenix Suns. I would not bet against them for the rest of this play.
0: You know, I, I one thing I do not like. I don't like the NBA taking a day off. Like I don't know if you know what they're doing, but here's what they're doing, folks: no games tonight in the NBA, and then they go right back tomorrow with the same two we just saw last night. I mean, they're throwing Heat, Sixers, and Suns, Mavs at us again, and they're saving games three, uh, game three of the Celtics, Bucks, and Grizzlies, Warriors series for Saturday. It's like seriously. You're, why are you giving extra days off there, and rest and, and and just restacking? The uh, the games yesterday for Friday night and giving us a, a Thursday night off. It just doesn't seem right.
1: Yeah, I'm scratching my head at this one too. I also noticed that uh, it's consecutive days after this, so you'll see at least one game played every night after this. But I, I don't understand why you didn't have Boston Milwaukee tonight, or why didn't you why why you didn't have the the other game uh, that's supposed to be set on Saturday. So I, I uh, this is a, a very strange scheduling format that the NBA is kind of going around right now, uh, and I don't know why we're turning around Friday aka tomorrow and we're having to watch the same games we saw last night
0: I just don't get it either and 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 you know why should Celtics Bucks and Grizzlies Warriors have the extra day off for their game 3 but you keep everything consistent in the other in the other two series.
1: One of the other big things to note, TV. Is,
0: that's why, by the way, TV.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, one of the other big things to note is that there are injury concerns on both sides for the Saturday game. So you could say that uh, whether it's Milwaukee it, coming at them for a disadvantage that the Boston Celtics might get Marcus Smart back on Saturday, or if it's uh, the Warriors looking over to the Grizzlies and thinking, well, maybe you get a chance to get some of their players back who are injured or who are. Uh, who aren't at, uh, back and active, like Gary Payton, the third, or the second, who he will be back in three weeks. Yep. Now you get to prolong this series and hopefully you get him back sooner rather than later. That's good point.
0: Very good point. 14 passes we get going here on the show today. 505-6009 gets you through to the program. Again, would love to hear from you anything on your mind. Uh, this is the time to do it. John Durenbos is going to join us 45 minutes from now. You talk about a guy that's had a heck of a career. I remember when John Duran Boss was a long snapper for UTEP. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but years and years of NFL games, and now his uh, post-football uh, career as a as a magician. And John Duran is a huge name, huge name uh, around the. Um, entertainment world and he's going to be back in town on Saturday performing Adrian as part of the big orange fever fiesta
1: this is awesome the fact that he's coming back to the 915. uh the fact that he will be doing something as a UTEP alum for all the great things he's doing outside of football now in his professional career I think this is going to be a great interview coming up in 45
0: yeah I'm looking forward to it I think it's going to be a lot of fun too so uh John Duramboss coming up here on the show uh to begin our five o'clock hour and that is going to be uh, a lot of fun for us. In the meantime, let's go to Jose. Then we'll go to Charlie. Uh, quarter pass. Just getting going on the program. Jose, what's happening, man? How are you?
2: Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good, Jose. So, what's going on? I see Luca, and he dominates, man. He's great, but he just doesn't do enough to involve. Him. How is it that when Luca was hurt, Brunson and all of them were going off? You know what I mean? They were, they were getting off. They were getting theirs, and Luca comes back, and all those, all those flames got you know put out who, who, whose fault is that you know what i mean is it is it because luca has to have the ball in his hand if he's a two-point guard he has to get it does
1: I, I I see where you're coming with this Jose, I don't disagree that Luka is very ball dominant, but my biggest thing is look at who they were playing in the first round. The Utah Jazz have so many problems around their team. Uh, I think it was more of a matchup thing that Brunson and Dinwiddie went off in that in those games without Luka and they were able to close it out as quickly as they did. I think for with Luka going up against this team like they are uh, in the Phoenix Suns, you can't be this ball dominant. You can't play the Houston Rockets mentality where it's ISO ball. And uh, I, I just, I'm with you on that. I don't really like how he's uh, possession heavy.
0: Yeah, but other than Reggie Bullock, nobody's doing anything in that starting lineup. You got a bunch of guys that aren't playing that many minutes and aren't contributing. That's another problem right now. Dorian Finney-Smith uh, isn't I, I, the I, I, answer. And, and and neither is uh, Dwight Powell. And neither is Jalen Brunson. It's not exactly like the Mavs are throwing all-stars out there around Luke in that starting lineup. It's a bunch of guys that are role players.
2: I just think that when I see Luca, he has that bar. It reminds me of Carmelo Anthony. The black hole. Ball gets to him and ain't coming back. Yeah,
0: but you got to give him some you know supporting I... cast, don't you? You got to give him some guys to work with.
2: But, but okay, but, but if you look at Brunson, Brunson went for 40. Oh, you say he's a role player, but a champ. Uh, there's no chump that could go for forty. That's yeah, true. I mean, look, game, but he averaged you know yeah, I mean? but
0: he averaged sixteen a game. It's not like he's dropping twenty plus. I mean, every guy on that team is like, you know, Dwight Powell's at eight point seven points per game. Reggie Bullock, I know him he's a former Nick, eight point six points per game. I mean, it's let's be honest, it's the Lucas show, and you can't be the Lucas show against a team like the Suns because they've got they're just there's too many weapons on that team.
2: But see that—that's why I say he needs to. He needs because he's a starting point guard. You've got as a point guard, you've got to get other people involved, man. Yeah, I you get take, you. I you get take you. 30, 40 shots a night, man. And sometimes he only hits ten to fifteen. I know, know but I, mean? I look so, at
0: Crowder, Bridges, Aiton, Paul, and Booker. That's a team. That's five guys but, that are all capable of beating you. The Mavs don't have that right but, now.
2: But, but see, but 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 they got Paul, who is the—he uh, is what you—he is. If you look up point guard in a dictionary, sure. You see a picture of Chris Paul because well, he gets everyone involved, and if he, and, and when needed, he takes over. You know what I mean? But yep. he knows how to he knows how to drop the dimes, and he's been like that in every team he's ever gone. He made the Clippers a, a perennial favorite, you know, year in after year out.
0: I hear you. I mean, let's, so
2: yeah, yeah I hear I, you.
0: it's just
2: I, I I know a lot of people in Texas are like, oh, Luke is it, and he's awesome, but he's got to give it up, so, I and mean, He's got to be able to become the playmaker, not just you know as far as like dishing it out to everyone.
0: Appreciate it, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, my issue with Luka is, and I get exactly what Jose is saying, but they have no supporting cast. I mean, there's just, there's there's not enough talent around him to beat a team like Phoenix. That's just what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, it's like Nikola Jokic where he's kind of like their de facto point guard too. He has zero help. That's why the Denver Nuggets were bounced early in the first round.
0: 100%. All right, Charlie's back. We'll get to more phone calls in a moment, so stay with us. 505-6009 gets you right on in and through to Sports talk as we get rolling here on a thursday all right 24 past here on sports talk 505-6009 our telephone number you can tweet the show 600 espn el paso um we got a lot to cover a lot more to cover right now let's get back to the phones memphis drew is uh, joining us next hey drew what's going on man how are you how are you steve i'm all right drew i'm well how about yourself
3: yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. Well, you should be. I believe be. there's thousands of closet Memphis Grizzlies fans here in El Paso. They're just in the closet. They haven't come out yet. I like the time off. We can get Bain healthy. His back has been bothering, and he's had not been that effective. Uh, Dylan Brooks got one game. Uh, I think that's about right. He had not been playing that well during the, the Minnesota or this uh, Golden State series. So we got a guy that can step up. He's uh, Zaire Williams. I think he'll do a pretty good job, and we should get Stephen Adams back. So I think we're going to get a split in Golden State and get that home court back again.
0: By the way, did you think that the Brooks uh, foul was justified in terms of the suspension?
3: Yeah, yeah, one game. One right. game, that's, that's good with me. Uh, look at, uh, what's his name? Uh, Draymond Green. He's he done everything, and he's throwing uh obscene <laughs> fingers at the fans. Nah,
0: he's just telling the fans they're number one. That's all he's doing.
3: <laughs> uh, that's one way of looking at
0: it. There you go. Hey, what
3: sound does Canelo come on on the antenna?
0: Uh, that'll probably be, let me think. The Take Canelo your Canelo fight. Yeah, it'll probably be either 5 or 11 or 22, one of those. Uh, usually it's – I think 22 might have it.
3: Okay, you looking – or to his fight. Oh, are you Saturday? kidding? I'm always
0: I'm always looking forward to Canelo on on uh, Mexican television. You better believe it. Especially now. Yeah. Now there's no delay anymore. I mean, it's simultaneous with the pay-per-view. You know, in the old days, it was an hour behind. It was this and that. Now it's as soon as he goes live on pay-per-view, he's live on uh, over-the-air television. It's great. So, thanks to Rabbit Ears, it's made uh, all the difference in the world. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight. Should be a lot of fun.
3: What do you think of John Morant? And I'll listen to you off the air. What do
0: you think Have of John? Day. What do you think of John Morant? I hung up. I always love it when people get – I want him. What do you think of John? John Morant's a superstar. I love him. He's unbelievable. John Morant's one of the best players in the game, and he's just going to get better and better. So I think you know what. Memphis won the lottery with a kid like that.
1: He's growing up right before our eyes, and it's it's going to be the biggest what if in NBA basketball history. What if the Pelicans drafted John Morant over Zion Williamson? And, yep. Uh, you know, and and right behind him was R.J. Barrett to the Knicks. That's, that's true. So too. it's a, a one, two, three right there. That well, I, you know, I I think it's going to work out for everybody in the long run. I really do. I think R.J. Barrett is still a really good young player. I think we still have to wait and see when it comes to Zion. And I'll side with Zion when it comes to his upside. uh, But John Morant is doing it right now. That's the difference. He's not a household name. People don't know John Morant's name. They uh, should. But but yeah, this is the playoff series when they might start learning his name. If the Memphis Grizzlies somehow beat the Warriors in this series and advance to the Western Conference Finals against either the Suns or the, the Mavs, Everybody will know the name John Morant
0: well, and that's what's exciting. Nobody knew the name John Morant because he played at Murray State. He was a Cinderella player in college. That's it. He wasn't he wasn't a household name because he played at a small school. Didn't even play in the NCAA tournament. Right. I mean,
1: that's just that's just one one of the things when you look at John Morant and what he was a, he what he's been able to do at such a young age. He's electric. He's high flying. He gets the buckets when he needs to. He's not afraid of attacking the rim. And when you're seeing him go one on one with guys, it's probably one of the most entertaining things to watch in basketball right now. I I've just enjoyed the playoffs so much with John Morant blossoming uh, yep. before our eyes.
0: Shane AD nine eighty eight had a great uh, great. Question for us on Twitter. Do you think if Tim Hardaway Jr. was available? It would make a difference in this series. Talking about the Mavs series right now against Phoenix. Absolutely it would. I mean, Tim Hardaway's a score. He could he can drop 20-plus in a game, and he has the ability to take some of the pressure off of Luka. So, yeah, you better believe, I think, Tim Hardaway Jr., if he was healthy, would make a difference in this series. I don't think it would even be a, a question right now. He would give Dallas another big weapon right now around, uh, besides Doncic.
1: Yeah, I also think that they're looking for that third guy to step up. It's Some nights it's Dinwiddie. I, I'm talking about the third guy beyond uh, Dontich and Brunson, but sometimes it's Dinwiddie. Sometimes it's Maxi Kleba who gets hot from the perimeter, but they needed a guy like Tim Hardaway to be a score like an off-ball scorer, or to be in the corner hunting for shots while Luka is maybe on the bench. Uh, they just needed a guy like this, and his absence has been uh, missed b- big time uh, by the Mavs. But, you know, the big thing, when it comes to the nba you have to have durability you have to think about your team uh being deep to have a run in the playoffs even if you hit a- adversity with some injuries so the mavs are just not built for this year
0: bottom of the hour as sports talk continues let's send it back to adrian for sports center if you want to weigh in 505-6009 we'll tackle dana dimmel's extension next as sports talk continues thank you very much uh Again, you want to get into the show, 505-6009. That's 505-6009. As a Sports Talk continues here on a Thursday from our 600 ESPN El Paso Lube and Go Studios here on North Mesa. Um, looking at some of the other tweets coming in from earlier in the show, um, this is from Cesar Kubios. The worst part about trying to watch a baseball game in Houston would be the loud banging of trash cans interrupting the enjoyment of the game. Hashtag Dodgers. Nice uh, Spoken like a true Dodger fan, right? Smoking like a I true like it. Dodger fan. So uh, that is good. I like that. I, I like that one too. Um, uh, and then also this came from Jacob Cooksey. At Jacob Cooksey 22. Coach Dana Dimmel has turned the UTEP program around and uh, had made it better. Congratulations to Coach Dana Dimmel. That comes from uh, Jacob Cooksey on uh, Twitter. Now, this is interesting because, Adrian, uh, the truth is not everybody is happy with the two year extension for the UTEP football coach. Um, and uh, it's just the way it is. In fact, here you go. Steven Ariola tweeted the show a couple hours ago uh, or, or responded to your post. Wow. I am in shock. Hashtag unbelievable. Hashtag picks down. Um, talking about the Dana Dimmel extension. Now, he had one year left on his contract. He got him seven wins, went to a bowl game, and he's got a veteran team that's probably going to be the best defense in Conference USA. If you don't extend him and you have him coach out the last season, what does that tell anybody else who would ever want to try to get a coaching job at UTEP? Oh, you'll get your five-year contract, but we don't really trust that you're going to get it done, so don't expect a raise anytime soon. I mean, you you have to, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to just overall rewarding a guy that took a program with zero wins when he inherited it and took it to a seven-win team last year. And I get it. I get the last six weeks of the season. I understand they won one game when they had six out of their first seven or eight. I understand all that. But they were in every game, didn't get blown out, had a great chance in that bowl game against Fresno State. So, I, I mean... They were competitive. They they were competitive in year four. I didn't know. We didn't know if they were going to be competitive at all in year four. We thought maybe year five was going to be the year this thing got turned around. So, Adrian, they didn't give him a four-year extension. They gave him a two-year extension. So... I just I don't get it. I don't understand how you know, fans would be upset about that. What did you want them to do? Just let him coach out his five-year deal and and hope that you know he won enough and then you reward him. I mean, how do you how do you justify that? Yeah, I would
1: love to hear from uh, listeners who right now are saying, no, it's still not right. They shouldn't have done this with the extension because th- this th- I just don't understand that thought process right there. I would love a good explanation behind that because you know it even goes all the way back to the bowl game. As soon as the bowl game over and we hit minor talk, people were already ready for Dimmel to be gone and, and him to you know go through this five year contract and them to move on after that. No one coaches on a final year uh, of their contract unless they think they're they're
0: going elsewhere yeah, after or, that or they're getting canned. Look at Doug Martin. Okay, there's a great example. Doug Good Martin example. Yeah. goes out, takes him to that bowl game, signs the extension. They go that the program goes down the tank after that. And Mario Mocha didn't give him that final extension because he knew he was going to get a new coach. He's going to get Jerry Kill. So what happened? He coached out his, his final year. But, I mean, they've improved. We all know they've improved. We've seen the improvement. The defense is terrific. Offense... At times could can drive you crazy, but they do enough to put points on the board to win some games, and they've got a shot this year to go back and win another seven or eight and go bowling. So how do you not reward that? What did you want them to do? Give them a one-year extension? Seriously.
1: Yeah, I look at two other things. Continuity on their roster. Year after year, there's not a lot of turnover with UTEP football players. Great point, too. Not, not a lot of guys hitting the portal. Every guy really is bought into this program. They want to be here, and they want to play for, for the UTEP minors. Now, you'll get a, an occasional guy here and there hitting the portal, but usually it's because of their lack of playing try- time and trying to break through the depth chart. Yep. And one other thing, they've established so many great pipelines when it comes to recruiting. So you know that the future is kind of in good hands with UTEP football. It's weird to say because UTEP football was always the doormat program uh, across Conference USA, and now things are turning uh, for the better for minor fans.
0: Exactly right. And and you want to know something? They've done well with JUCO recruiting. They've tapped into that. They, they haven't gone in, into the portal to get guys. They don't care about the portal. They're more about JUCO. Maybe that's why you don't see so many players in the portal from UTEP. Because they're JUCO guys. They're guys that realize that UTEP took a chance on them when nobody else would, and they're putting their loyalty back and wanting to play here. Not to mention, some of these guys realize that if they go someplace else, they're not going to land a bigger program or a bigger role. So I think that's another reason why UTEP doesn't have a lot of guys in the portal, because some of these players realize that this is the best Possible situation that they could have themselves in right now,
1: and, and if somebody wants to say, "Well, you guys are getting complacent," look, UTEP hasn't really won complacent. anything. complacent. Well, well, th- here's my here's the way I'd combat that. They won seven games last year. They this year they're projecting to win bet more because of their stra- their lack of uh, strong teams on their schedule yeah. uh, for for lack of a better word. But you look at just what they could do this year uh, and what they could meet, maybe even do next year. They've got younger guys on their roster with a lot of years of eligibility the last two things that this program needs to do to take the next step is a win a bowl game and b uh contend for a conference championship you can also include the fact that uh, c maybe utep needs to send more players into the nfl those are the last three things that this program needs to do to really solidify itself
0: oh i mean utep in texas they had the same number of players drafted this year
1: there you go i like it
0: that's true that's right I zero mean, that's exactly right 38 past the hour. Sports talk continues. So if you want to weigh in on the Dana Dimmel extension, we'd love to hear from you. 505 Do you believe UTEP made a mistake giving Dimmel two years? Uh, we don't. And it's not that we're the media. I mean, I just don't. Th- I-, I feel the guy's been winning here. He's shown improvement the last couple of years. You usually reward somebody for improving. They've, they have. I mean, you know, what's the next step? Go to a bowl game, win a bowl game. Go go contend and win a conference championship. And you wanna know something? It doesn't seem as far out now as it did Two, three, four years ago. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because back in twenty twenty, uh, the off season of twenty twenty one, they actually gave that extension to Rodney Terry. Uh, Jim Center said that it, at the time he told KVIA that he felt like Dana Dimmel didn't deserve the extension at that point. Yep, that's right. I, I think that the athletic department handled this right. They waited until Dana Dimmel showed the pro, uh, uh, progress with this program and then rewarded him with a two year extension.
0: And I agree, by the way, at that time. I didn't think Dana Dimmel showed as much yet to warrant it like he does now. So I think that's exactly right. Proof's in the pudding. All right, 20 in front of five At Sports Talk continues. But I'll say this. Based on last year and expectations, we have high expectations for this football team. And if they don't perform well, there's going to be a lot of upset people for a lot of reasons, knowing that this team is set up now to win. So there's really no excuses if they can't get it done.
1: Yeah, and if they can't get it done, if things go south, it's only for two years. He's not among the highest paid coaches as it is in Conference USA. It's an easy out also if, if things go south.
0: Absolutely. All right, we'll come back with more. Final 20 of hour number one, then John Durenbos going to lead off hour number two. He'll be at the Orange Fever Fiesta Saturday night, performing for all of you that attend the big event right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. John Durenbos, a little more than 10 minutes away via Zoom. Hey, do we really have the president of the Dana Dimmel fan club on the line? I'm excited about that. Me too. Man, that's good stuff. First off, I didn't even know Dana had his own fan club, but if he did, I, I you know, I'm excited we got the prez on. That's always nice we can kind of, you know, bypass all the regular members and just go right to the top. I'm excited about that. The president of the Dana Dimble fan club, aka Ed. Let's get him on. He's joining us next. 505-6009 get you through to Sports Talk. That's 505-6009. What's up, Ed? How are you?
4: I love it. I love it. I'm doing okay. How are you all?
0: Yeah, we're doing fine. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it.
4: All right. What I'm going to tell you guys is going to be shocking. Um, but at the end of this discussion, I'm going to give you the title of the book that you and Adrian are going to produce that will make you millions.
0: Got it. Here's
4: here's the reasons why Dana Denwell is worth every single penny that he got, if not more. Okay. Number one. These reasons that I'm giving you are not just, they're the greatest. This is the greatest turnaround in the history of UTEP football. Okay? No other coach on any other air has done what Mr. Dimmel has done. Okay. Here's what he's done. Number one, first of all, he's increased exponentially the amount and the quality of the players he has on all sides of the ball defense offense special teams number two he's increased the quality of the players in certain positions to a superstar status number three he has done an amazing job of creating something that no other football team has ever done he's created depth on every single position we have battles on every single position because of the depth that he's created going two, in some cases, three deep on certain positions. Yeah. Number four, he's done another thing that no other UTEP team has ever done. Going back to the 60s, we have a defensive line in addition to the entire defense. But more importantly, we have a defensive line all the way across.
0: They had a defensive line in the 60s?
4: Can't can't compare what this Dimmel has done. And remember, he's interchanging the defensive line, so all the players that are coming in are almost just as good as his starting front four, and his starting four are amazing. Here's another reason. What we are looking at here is Dana Dimmel is taking all the wisdom and the experience that he got with Mr. Snyder. We are playing Kansas State football. This is what we have right here in El Paso, Texas. We also have a great starting quarterback that will be considered one of the top quarterbacks in the country. And the last reason why, all these players that he's brought in are now in his system. They've learned his system, and they're, they're maturing and progressing. This season coming up, if he can get us to a bowl and win a bowl, you guys will produce a book called UTEP the greatest renaissance in the history of college football.
0: And if things don't live up to expectations, then what? And just hold the book because it's going to be great the
4: following year. So He's as far as you're concerned,
0: you are so drunk. Uh, you are so drunk with drinking a double dose of dimel that as far as you're concerned, this, this is this is better than Bobby Dobbs, better than Bob Stoll, better than Mike Price, this is the messiah when it comes to UTEP football, Ed.
4: I'm looking at the last four years and the development that he has and the quality of players. Remember, we had a great year with Bob Stoll. We had some great years with uh, Mike Price, and we've had a few good years back. But we haven't had the development that we've had with this team and the quality of the players overall. This is what I'm saying. These are things that I've seen for the last two years. When I go to a UTEP football game, I'm literally looking at the roster going, who is that? Who made that play? Oh, my gosh, who is this kid? I start looking him up, and I go, holy cow, this kid just came in off the bench and made this play, and he's not even a starter. I'm telling you, we are in for some real fun competitive football this coming year. I'm not making any guarantees But I will say one last thing. Last year, at the end of the season, I called you guys up and I said, we ended up at 73% according to my internal calculations on competitiveness. And this year, we'll end up in the 80s.
0: How do You well, I, You know it. what, I, I, I'm out of time because I, I want to know how you come up with that number. That's fantastic. And by the way, Chad Middleton tweeted the show, whatever this guy is smoking, I want it. Uh, this is why Ed's the president of the Dana Dimmel fan club. It's, it's the truth. He is the pres. All right, Ed, good job. Appreciate the call. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to John Duremboss in a moment. Find out if he thinks Dana Dimmel could be the greatest coach ever to coach in the history of UTEP football. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. He is Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to have you back. 600 ESPN El Paso. You are going to love this next guest because I feel like it was just yesterday I was talking about him and his minors because they were going bowling. They were putting massive fans in the seats. It was wild. It was crazy. It was plus 20 years ago. And now here he is. He's coming back. I can't believe it. But after all these years, we get John Durenboss back in El Paso on Saturday as part of the uh, Orange Fever Fiesta, which is uh, still, by the way, tickets still available. you got very limited seats, but if you go to utepminers.com slash OFF, you can purchase some seats and be a part of this. Hey, uh, John, it is great to see you uh, via Zoom. And, man, I can't wait to see you Saturday. It's going to be awesome.
5: Hey, total rock star. I, it's been too long since so I've been back in El Paso, so super excited to get back.
0: Uh, I'm going to start it off with a really tough question for you, all right? As your mag- as your magic career has taken off over the years, why have you never been able to make UTEP football a winning program via oh, magic? Man. I mean, you should—you've—you've you've got a lot of tricks up your sleeve. Why did you not do this years ago?
5: Uh, I asked myself the same question. Trust me, you and me both, buddy.
0: All I can tell you is this, things are good now. Uh, coming off a seven-win season, a bowl game, we got high expectations this year with Dana Dimmel. It seems like after all these years, John, UTEP football is is now heading in the direction that people have been begging for uh, forever.
5: Well, and since 20 years ago, now that you point that out, right? I'll say this, like my, my experience there, I got there in 2000. I was a part of the WAC championship season, Rocky Perez and a lot of great players. So uh, I know this, that when UTEP is winning, That city is amazing to be a part of. It's electrifying. The Sun Bowl was amazing. So like you and everybody else, I'm hoping they come off a 7-1 season in a bowl game and come in and just kick it back like they did in two thousand.
0: I loved uh, 2000 first off think about 2000 for a second we had y2k we were worried that we were gonna get destroyed and, and and every computer that we had then was gonna go under cell phones were in their infancy no social media life was so different but you said it best UTEP football was rocking in 2000 I remember it like it was yesterday because Gary Nord takes over for Charlie Bailey and right out of the gate has that magical season with you with Rocky and and uh, and I think mays was on that team or so many others and next thing you know the miners find themselves going bowling
5: hey brian nacken yep uh, trey merkins the clayton brothers jeff seaton dude we had a lot of great 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 players on that team and so uh I, look i had a great time playing for gary nord it was one of the best times of my life you know you just mentioned a few things about that time i remember it my senior year in high school was just not too uh, prior to that and was it still dial up internet
0: yes absolutely like, think about was. that i mean there was yeah. no
5: in there was really no internet back then
0: no it was dial up and it was aol everything was aol and that was the big deal back then and you're 100 percent correct we had hey we had an ap wire machine that's how we got our sports news ap wire headlines were coming off every 10 minutes and that's how we we didn't have what we have now it wasn't even close
5: definitely no email tell you that right now slug slug
0: mail that's right that's a that's a good way to put it um your UTEP career though you made the most of it that's for sure a lot of great memories and you talked about some of them first off I love the vintage jerseys you got you got a screen uh, right now that shows the old UTEP logo you're in that navy blue jersey with the orange and white trim you got the whack uh patch on there that is phenomenal what are you doing by the way what's that picture of you standing up pointing what are you doing there
5: So that this game, what side is it? This game was actually against Hawaii. Uh, It was kickoff return. I was about to set the old school wedge uh, for probably Sherman Austin. Uh, And we were pointing out the dudes because I remember it because I photoshopped this. And then this was my first game. It was against Oklahoma in 2000 at Oklahoma, of which we gave him a run for the money up until like halftime. We were like winning. And then it just it it just went south after that. So but I like the old school, man.
0: I do, too. And you scared Oklahoma. That's the best way to put it. You put fear in the Sooners for the first half, who, by the way, Utah plays Oklahoma coming up uh, this season. That's their second game of the year.
5: I Love it. Uh, I, the, the thing that was cool for Oklahoma my whole life, I wanted to play in front of 100,000 people. Since I started football, I thought it would be cool to play in front of 100,000 people. First college game ever, uh, I was playing against Oklahoma in Oklahoma, and it was like 98,600 and some change. And I was like,
0: oh, so close, 2,000 short. But it was, it was a
5: trip, man. It was cool.
0: John Durembaugh is with us here, former minor, former NFL vet. He's also an author of the book Life is Magic. Came out a couple of years ago. My inspiring journey from tragedy to self-discovery. Was the book something that you had uh, you know, been thinking about uh, a lot uh, after your football career ended? Or tell me a little bit about what made you decide to write Life is Magic.
5: You know, throughout my life, I've come in contact with different people that have all said, hey, you should write a book. You should write a book. Uh, And just didn't come across the right people. And so finally, a guy named Mike Tolan, who did uh, uh, The Last Dance, he did Coach Carter, he did radio, a bunch of bunch of great, great movies and projects. He said, hey, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I said, Mike, I've been a fan of yours. Uh, If you want to do this, what would you do? He said, go to Larry Platt. If Larry Platt writes the book, I think he'll capture your voice. I'll pick up the movie. And I was like, done. And so that kind of is kind of what steamrolled it.
0: Awesome. And uh, the book did very well for yourself. So congratulations on that. And I don't know what's been more, um, I guess, for you um, when you look back on your career, both as a football player and now uh, as a magician that tours all over the world. What is uh, when you what are you more proud about? You proud about just the legacy you left on the football field or what you're doing now in terms of uh, just being, uh, you know, a world renowned magician?
5: Uh, i'll I'll tell you what i'm proud of this was probably the most proud moment of my career i was in training camp with the philadelphia eagles in 2016 and i was filming america's got talent in la and i was flying back and forth didn't miss a practice didn't miss a meeting didn't miss a rehearsal and it was like two careers when i was a kid that people would be like oh you'll probably never make it you know what i mean oh magicians don't make any money Ah, to make it to the nfl and it just kind of like this moment where i was literally i played in sunday football against cleveland took a plane to then go film on the number one TV show in the world doing magic. And it was both my loves on the on the highest stages simultaneously. Uh, it was cool because I I became an example that you can have multiple careers. You can do multiple things and you can have success in both of them if if you just try.
0: Were the Eagles concerned at all about you having to do so much of that? Or had they given you their blessing and said, you know what, John, go for it.
5: Well, they didn't even know I did the show. And so I did I did the golden I, I did the show. I got a gold buzzer you watch america's got talent it puts you right to the live show well that was filmed like april may but that episode wasn't going to air till july so the eagles didn't know I, I don't think until that that aired and it was right before training camp so now i'm like okay i don't really know what i'm going to do and uh am i going to opt out am i not going to opt out and then the eagles came to me uh jeff lurie the owner and howie roseman Smol- uh, don smolensky the president and frank amieni and they also and, and led by Jeff Lurie, the owner, they were like, hey, this is a big part of your life. Yeah. Uh, we want to support who you are. So if you can make this work, let us know. And I'll never forget this. It was like the subtle complimented dig. Jeff Lurie looked at me and goes, I mean, let's be honest, Dornboss. It's not like you're the quarterback or anything. I mean, what do you really do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was perfect. Have you performed for uh, for Jeff before? Had he as he was he already familiar with everything you could do as a magician?
5: Oh yeah. Because when I got to Philly, I realized this, I'm a long snapper, which means I'm doing this much on the football side. But I knew that I had a talent that could, I could bring value to the organization on the advertising and sponsorship side. And all I wanted to do was create an opportunity that they would think twice about getting rid of me to bring in somebody younger and cheaper as a snapper. So if I could show my value and help get advertisers, sponsors and community relations, then I think that would help me keep my job as a long snapper. And so sure enough, you know, I became the number one requested guy with the major sponsors and, and, and uh, the major corporate events to MC and to perform at these things. And I think that if you can bring value on different sides of the business, You're just helping yourself with longevity. I love that.
0: Uh, John Durenbaugh is with us uh, here on Sports Talk. He'll be back in El Paso this Saturday, part of uh, Orange Fever Fiesta. It's the big event, and uh, tickets still available right now, utepminors.com slash OFF. Uh, But they're selling out quick, and Saturday is going to be amazing. It's going to be like an hour show, John. You're putting together an hour performance for El Paso and for minor fans and all the UTEP connections that's going to be out there. That's going to be awesome as well
5: yeah hotel paso del norte we will be there 6 p.m saturday get your tickets uh i might go a little over an hour don't tell anybody if it happens it happens i'm excited to come back i'm excited to share my story excited to do some magic uh excited to meet the fans and excited to help really what what is this all about utep was a huge stepping stone for me not just professionally but personally in my journey and in my life so to be able to come back all the proceeds go towards scholarships for student athletes and that's super important to know that all the proceeds are going to go help kids Uh, that were in my shoes that just want to make something out of their life. So uh, come be a part of it. It's going to be a great night. I will be there and you should too.
0: That is the greatest selling point I've heard so far is that it's going for student athletes. because the fact is this, you do this all over the world, you get great money for your act and you could have done that here, but you decided, you know what? I want this to all go to football, to athletes. and, And that's just like yourself. I mean, it's almost like you're going back to your roots with this performance here on Saturday.
5: Yeah, and and look, we were we were uh, you know we we talked and they, when they contacted us there was a negotiation and it was basically like hey whatever you're going to pay me we're going to donate right back so we're also giving back we're not making any money it's all going towards the kids and I'm proud to to be a part of that.
0: When you were long snapper at UTEP, who was your punter? Who was your kicker back then? Glenn Beard from Mississippi,
5: uh, and then we had Ricky Bishop, and we had Keith. Oh my gosh. My senior year was Keith. He hit the 57-yarder to beat Rice at the Sun Bowl Stadium, which might be the longest field goal I've snapped to date, and it was a little bit of a high snap, but we don't talk about that. But Glenn Beard was the punter. Okay. Uh, Bryce Benikos was also the punter. He, like uh, after Glenn left, it was Bryce. Oh, he was, he was a beast. So I, I got to play with a lot of really cool people. Brian Knack and Trey Merkins. Trey Merkins was a middle linebacker, uh, probably one of the, the, the hardest-hitting people I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I got to play with him too.
0: What was it like playing for Gary Nord? Because here's the thing about Gary, okay? I remember when he was recruiting players and he first arrived, he told us in the media that I take Polaroids of them without a shirt on and then I keep those Polaroids and I start shuffling them around to see how their bodies are going to grow. Now, granted... We thought it was a little creepy at the time. We're like, ah, yeah, I don't know if you really <laughs> want to share that to the members of the media. But, hey, that was how he was able to kind of project growth by just looking at a, a physical trait of a, of, a, of a player with a Polaroid. That's how he did it. So I'm sure he probably took one to you and everybody else, and yet Gary just seemed to have that, that, that magic touch, especially when he first arrived, that took that UTEP team to a bowl game. Well,
5: th- well, think about this, right? Because when I was in Philadelphia, we we got Chip Kelly, and in like that 2000, I forgot what year it was. Let's call it 2013ish. Sports science was like this huge thing, and guess what? Sports science did—they took pictures of you, and they and they monitored your growth, and just, they saw all this stuff. So, you ask me, Coach Nord was ahead of his time, man. I, I think it was brilliant because the reality is, just you're you're with these people that are growing up and becoming men and, and the reality is if you get somebody as a 17 18 year old you need to know what they're going to look like 19 20 21 and how they're going to develop because that's really the player you're going to be getting
0: how do el paso treat you all the years you were here at utep
5: amazing i i had some of the best times of my life in el paso the people were amazing you know for me one of the one of the experiences that i thoroughly enjoyed was look i grew up in southern california flip-flops and palm trees you know what i mean and so to go from the Southern California life to the El Paso life, which is completely different culture, completely different way of living. I loved it. It, it broadened my horizons. I got to meet wonderful people, um, and and I, I loved every bit of it.
0: I still think about what happened to you after you were traded from Philadelphia. You're, you're really the the health scare that, that ended your football career, but luckily did not end your life because you talked about how serious that was at the time. And, you know, you were fortunate because sometimes – Things like this don't get detected until it's too late. So I guess, John, really the, the, the fortunate part about this whole story for you is that they were able to catch the issue, correct it, and even though it, it really never gave you the chance to continue playing professional football, you've had uh, an incredible life uh, following, uh, following the surgery.
5: Yeah, and, and the hidden lesson uh, on that was I did America's Got Talent, uh, and I got a call to, that Simon Cowell wanted me to host America's Got Talent. Uh, Nick Cannon had left. And so it was like, that was the dream job. If I get that job, I quit. And and Simon, man, he pushed for me, uh, was a huge advocate. Ultimately they ended up going with Tyra Banks. It is what it is. Here's the beautiful part about that. I didn't get my dream job. So I went back to playing football and then I got traded and then my life got saved. Had I got my dream job and I thought the world was just rolling. I probably die. And it's just like John Ritter, Alan Thicke and Bill Paxton, who were famous actors that had what I had. So, you know, the moral of the story, Garth Brooks has a song called "Unanswered Prayers." That sometimes, when we want something in life and we don't get it, it might be the best thing that's ever happened to you. So just let it play out and see where life takes you.
0: That being said, is it still the dream to host a reality show like this and one day become that—that that, uh, you know—that star? Oh,
5: oh, absolutely! Look, to host America's Got Talent would be amazing. Uh, I will say this: I'm, I'm friends with Terry Crews. Uh, he's an ex NFL guy. They could not have got a better host. That guy is phenomenal at what he does. He's just he's a beast and so but yeah to to do that would be would be an awesome job
0: all right before i wrap things up i gotta ask you this okay for people that are listening to this conversation but have never seen you uh perform live and are kind of like they're interested now they're like wow john's coming back he's gonna be doing magic what's the best way to describe what one like what your show uh here uh will be like uh, on saturday night
5: yeah it's probably not what you expect and hopefully all the ways uh, that you're hoping. And that is my show is my life story. It's my journey and it's the magic I learned along the way. So I I don't do the dancing girls and the boxes and and what I look, the cheesy magic. I love it. It's just not me. And so the tricks usually have a purpose in in a story. It has a purpose in what motivated me. And so I promise you, you're going to see great tricks. I promise you that you're going to hear my life story. I, I hope that you laugh, you cry. I hope you reflect on your decisions uh you know i'm going to talk about the the day that 28 years later i went to forgive my dad uh, right before i had a baby and and what that did for me so i hope that people leave my show feeling better about themselves in a certain aspect of their life than when they got there if i did that then boom that's a home run
0: any interest in ever doing this on broadway
5: yeah we've actually had conversations uh broadway vegas uh you know keynote speaking is kind of my, my core business now and so uh, I, I do it I, I look i do the casino gigs as well it's a lot it's a lot of work you know you have 10 people that work for you and you got a crew and you're you're doing all this stuff but uh the one man broadway show has has been in discussion all
0: right that's good to know and by the way eagles had a great draft i'm sure that's still the team that you follow more than anybody they swung the big trade uh, on draft day made a lot of headlines there and feel like uh philly's lined up pretty well to make a good run in the NFC east this year
5: yeah let's hope so look i'm uh, the eagles <laughs> I was there a long time, right? So I'm proud to say uh, I, I broke a franchise record, or I tied a franchise record for most consecutive games I've ever played. And so Jeff Lurie's been amazing to me. I, I, I do keep up with them. And if anybody asks me, are you an Eagles fan? I'm like, heck, yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. Are you kidding me? So uh, I, was, I was stoked to go. I got to read the third-round pick uh, at the draft, which was super cool. So I'm, I'm excited to see N'Kobe, uh, N'Kobe Dean and what he's going to do, and we'll see how this thing plays out. But ultimately, I will say this. I played long enough to know doesn't matter how good you think your draft is on paper when you put pads on dude it is a different level from college to the pros and until you get in games not preseason until you get in games and you experience the speed because there's a lot of there's a lot of college players that were okay college players that end up being great pro players then there's great college players that don't really really turn out to be great pro players so once the once the bullets start flying that's when you know who's who
0: Terrific stuff, John. Enjoy the conversation. We'll look forward to seeing you here Saturday night as you perform for Orange Fever Fiesta.
5: That's right, baby. I'll be there, and so should you.
0: He's John Durenbos, and he joins us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Take a break, come back with plenty more right after Charlie won. He's got this traffic update for us. All right, our thanks to John Durenbos for joining us here via Zoom a moment ago. It's going to be awesome, man. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see him gonna be so much fun you want in on the program right now 505-6009 that is 505-6009 um ed was trending on twitter not that long ago in fact uh, shortly after chad's tweet chad middleton that is um with the i guess you know whatever this guy is smoking i want it um two minutes later alexa d Gets in on the tweeting action. Last caller is smoking some good stuff. I'm in. In whatever he's smoking. All about uh, why uh, Ed believes that we will be writing a best-selling book that will make us millions on Dana Dimmel.
1: A book that, unfortunately, only like uh, maybe El Paso, maybe the sports fans in El Paso will read. Maybe a couple of people out in Manhattan, Kansas, will decide to read it too if they remember Dana Dimmel back at Kansas State.
0: You know what's hilarious, though? I mean, so even if Dana Dimmel wins seven, eight games this year and goes back to a bowl and wins, there's still a there's still a fans that won't even that, that still won't be convinced. You realize that, right?
1: Yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, you, you know, it, it's not as crazy when I just remember back to when, again, when we joined Minor Talk after the bowl game. And I thought in that bowl game, there's just so many positives to take away. But the fact that they didn't win uh, really rubbed Minor fans the wrong way. They thought that uh, at that point, they weren't sold on Gavin Hardison. They weren't sold on Dana Dimmel. They weren't sold on this program. And I thought the complete opposite because, it, it, you know, the bowl game was more of a celebration of finally getting over the hump and actually winning seven games. Games in one season.
0: I mean, they haven't won a bowl game in 55 years. It's not like Dana Dimmel did something different than Sean Kugler, Mike Price, Gary Nord, or Bob Stull. They're all the same. They all took UTEP to bowl games and they all lost. So, again, uh, there's no difference. That's the, That's the funny thing about it. If anything... Let's put it this way, okay? When Dana Dimmel won, you could ultimately say he won with his guys. You know, that's the really interesting part of the UTEP football discussion. Gary Nord wins, but he wins with Charlie Bailey's players. Mike Price wins, but he wins with Gary Nord's players. Sean Kugler wins... But he wins with Mike Price's players. Now, Dana Dimmel wins in year four. And you could say Dana Dimmel won with his players. He is the only coach since Bob Stahl, and you could argue Bob Stahl didn't win with his players. He won with Bill Young's players. So you could make the argument Every single coach from 88's Independence Bowl up through uh, the last couple of years always won with the previous coach's talent. When it comes to Dana Dimmel, it's a different argument. It took him four years to get seven wins. So you you could make the argument Dana Dimmel is the first coach to go bowling since Bobby Dobbs that actually won with his guys, which is totally different. We've never talked about this, by the way. This is a topic we have never discussed on Sports Talk regarding Dana Dimmel, ever. We've always talked about—fans have always used that excuse, too. They've always used the excuse. Mike Price won with um, Gary Nord's talent, and when Mike Price had recruited, all went downhill. Same thing for Kugler same thing for Nord, same thing for everybody. And if Dimmel actually has this thing going to where they could be a perennial six or greater win team every year and have a chance to go to the postseason and win some championships, he'll be the first one at 50-plus. Then Ed looks like a prophet and is actually saying the right thing. Now, I think Ed's still uh, on some some pretty good stuff, as uh, both Alexa and Chad alluded to. Uh, I agree with that. I think that he's definitely on some something, you know, something big. We know that he's on something that we saw in Vegas uh, or smelt in Smelton, Vegas this past week. But the point is, Adrian, nobody has ever been able to win with their own talent to Utah. Something Dana Dimmel showed last year he's done.
1: I've never thought about this right here. I haven't I haven't thought about each coach kind of going back. I think the one like minor one that you'd kind of look back on is uh Mike Price because you know he peaked early like you said with guy with guys who weren't necessarily his guys right. plateaus but then comes back a little bit 2009 2010 from he, 2010, goes, he Sal is, pointed that yep, out too. 6
0: and 6 in 2010 he was 500 that year and they lost to um, BYU,
1: yeah, and the M- New Mexico Bowl, right? And they ended
0: up going, I believe, six and seven after the loss. Yeah, so I mean, it's like it's close. You could you could make listen. Price was always competitive. All right, always competitive. That's the thing about Mike. Mike's offense year after year delivered. It was just if you could have given Mike the defense that UTEP's had the last couple of years, they would have been they would have been winning championships easily at Utah because he always had the offense he just never had the defense this defense that they've got right now, this is unlike anything we've seen in years here, at UTEP.
1: Yeah, I mean, just look at the standout players like Gavin Hardison. Dimmel has to find him out of Hobbs, New Mexico, from the New Mexico Military Institute. He's already one of the, uh, I would say, like a top five easily quarterback in Conference USA. Which you know, some might think that's a big thing. Some might think it's not. Yeah. Uh, you look at just his wide receivers getting Jacob Cowing, a two-star from Maricopa, Arizona. No one thought he would be, you know, uh, you know, playing at the this kind of level at the Division One level. Uh, so that's another name to look at right there. Praise May lay was under-recruited out of high school, and then Dana Dimmel found him and and had a lot of success there. Uh, and you look at some of those graduate transfers or just JUCO transfers that have been splash guys. So you're right. These are Dimmel's guys. He's had success with them. He wanted to bring in a model that he knows, and uh, look, at, look at what's happening. It's successful so far.
0: And it seems like it's going to be better. That's the thing too. It's not, it's not like they peaked last year. You almost feel like they're set up to be even better this year than they were last year because they have so many players returning.
1: That's right, and they've got younger talent in the pipeline. Like yep. they've got young quarterbacks, young running backs in this group. So you feel good about not just you know one to two years from now. It's hey, three four years from now, this program will still be in good hands.
0: Thirty two pass, bottom of the hour. Hags right around the corner. He'll be joining us from Sugarland as we get ready for the uh, Space Cowboys. And uh, the Chihuahuas, uh, that's uh, going to be coming up here in just a little bit. But first, uh, let's go right to Adrian and get this bottom-of-the-hour Center update. Job as we continue here on the program. And um, we'll have uh, Tim Haggerty joining us uh, in just a few uh, during his final countdown on Sports Talk. Let's check Twitter At 600 ESPN El Paso. And you can also get into the show at 505 6009. That's 505 6009. Superminer Miner tweets the program. Welcome back, by the way, Superminer Miner. It's good to have you on via Twitter. You should introduce Mr. Durham Boss to Cody Decker. Those two might make a good team. Hashtag future stars. Nicely done. I got to give Superminer Miner a follow. One of my all time faves. Some people didn't know, they thought he disappeared. But he's still around. Good job, Super Minor, Minor. If you want to follow him, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, Super Minor Mine one So it's Super Minor Mine one There you go. Adrian, give him a follow. I already follow him. Attaboy. I'm one That's of the 13. Good. That's good. Or six, I should that, say. Yeah, it's, there's not many, but it's a good club. Ed McDonald, president of the Dana Dimmel Fan Club, who blew everybody's mind with his phone call Throws a tweet that's even more mind-blowing or disturbing, depending on, on, on your take. Here you go. Columbia Dimmel Gold, greatest renaissance in college football. And that's what people don't realize, the way he finds talent and the way he develops. That's from Ed McDonald at Minor Eddie Mack. I think he should change his, his Twitter handle to Dana Dimmel Fan Club.
1: That's right. Just
0: simple. Dana Dimmel, it, Dimmel Fan make Club. Make it at, Ed, get rid of your minor Eddie Mac. Make it at Dana Dimmel Fan Club. That's where you should be, man. That's where you belong.
1: Easy. Easy for uh, minor Eddie Mac just to switch it over to Dana Dimmel Fan Club, Dana Dimmel President Fan Club. Or that kind of Dimmel
0: stuff. or at Dimmel the number four.
1: Oh, I like that. Or he could even go at uh, Dimmel Fan Club, and then he could have his name as Mr. President.
0: That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So. We got this down. We do. Hey, Dana, if you're listening, please invite Ed to your house. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's already, you know, he's sold, man. It's done. So just, you know, invite him over. Have him for uh, for a, an, an evening of beverages, and you know he'll he'll tell you uh, why he is president of your fan club, and you know he believes that you are the UTEP Messiah. That's just what it comes down to for football.
1: The fan club has got to be invited to the the celebration party for the contract extension, right? I mean, when, I the, hope when so. the party's active, when it's out there, when Dana Dimmel's, you know, popping the bottle of champagne, excited that he'll yep. be here for another two years. Minor Eddie Mac, he'll be there. Uh, he'll be there, bringing a, a bottle of Dom Perignon.
0: Do you think that if Eddie Mac started a Dana Dimmel fan club, he'd be able to get? You know, let's say a, a 50 to 100 people on board. Do you think he he could actually start the Dana Dimmel fan club and make it happen?
1: Maybe not 50, uh, maybe a maybe like 25, 30. Maybe that's still, like that's, that. a, that's a good
0: core. That's a good core yeah. of group of people.
1: People join the fan
0: council, and they could join this one too. Yes, I agree with you. Whatever happened to the UTEP fan council? Now that, that you a good bring question.
1: it up, great question. I don't know. It's a I question for Jim too. Center. Yeah, that's right. I, I haven't seen applications come out. Watch, now that we say this, we're, we're going to get an email. Applications are out for the fan club.
0: You know what I think? I think the fan club was a COVID casualty. Really? That's just what I think. Oh, I don't wow. remember the last time okay. I saw the YouTube fan club, but I feel like it probably went away like when COVID hit a couple years ago.
1: We got to ask Oscar. He was like our resident fan counselor. Oh, that insider. guy was great. Yeah, that's right. He would always give us the insight on what happened in the meetings and how heated it got.
0: Yeah, and then he would sum it up and, and, and put like twenty tweets together or, like a stream of consciousness about everything. It was awesome. I agree with that one. We that need more good.
1: of that. We need updates.
0: Whatever happened to Oscar? Ever since the fan club dissolved, his tweets dissolved.
1: Yeah, exactly. He maybe got discouraged if it dissolved.
0: Did he go away? Is I he don't still know. No, Twitter? I think
1: he's I think he's still around. I think he's still around.
0: What is his handle, you know? He's
1: Oscar Is it Oscar Junior nine one five? Something along those lines. Let me let me look it up. I think I follow him. Oscar Junior nine one
0: five. That's right. It is. It is.
1: That's really weird that I know it.
0: Hang on. I'm going to see something here. Let me see. When was the last time he tweeted? March 21st. And before that, January 13th. Before that, December 3rd. Man, this poor guy used to be all over Twitter. Man. This this killed his Twitter handle. The end of the fan club. So much for poor Oscar. That doesn't even show anything Utah. It's him golfing. That's what happened. Look what happened, UTEP. He got rid of the fan club, and Oscar kind of just became a normal, just a normal person on social media.
1: One of his uh, most recent tweet is that San Antonio's top hoops recruit, John Jay's Zarek Onyema, signs with UTEP. That just shows you how inactive he is on social.
0: Ah, poor guy. But he was he was rolling for a long time. He was great, always on the show, always tweeting. Anyway, all right. When we come back, get ready, Tim Haggerty. Our space cowboy is going to join us from Sugarland as Sports Talk continues 600 ESPN El Paso